back to Dice and Salt. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. And we're here this week with episode 86, Tomb Giant Raider, which I appreciate the uh, the allusion to Tomb Raider. Those are probably some of my favorite games. I too enjoyed Tomb Raider, especially uh, Laura Croft. I always thought she was uh, crafted well. Maybe not gigantically, but very well. <laughs> very largely. Yeah, very sharp and pointy in the beginning uh <laughs> i guess this week the pcs finally get to rest it's, it, yes. i don't think they've had an actual rest since like the start of the book i guess they had some when they were walking but it doesn't feel like it because they, they just kind of i'm trying to remember when the last time no they they were rested when they left Arasni. right um and then they had they've the... been on the boat so they were mm-hmm. they should have been rested up there but then since the boat we had what one day of Maybe. travel across the river past the spikes vexed and then yep. castle Fonum. so i think that's all been one day it's all been one in-game day yeah yeah i guess so it, just, is... it feels like it's been months <laughs> yeah i'm surprised they had uh you know they had spells and stuff left almost I mean, most yeah. everything they handled pretty well without burning up a lot of resources, but it's pretty true, steady. True. Pretty steady drain. Yeah. I have to say, though, the talk about uh, sleeping and keeping watch and the pre uh, or the whole vigil pre explosion, ah, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> I totally had I mean, it. For them, it's been like two weeks. No, for no. For us, it's been like. Oh, yeah, it has because on the boat. They were on the boat. Yeah, because they, they went down between, the boat. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they skipped over it when there was no encounters or anything, so it was like a split second in the episode. It's like, oh, yeah, it's been two weeks. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, so. twinge of regret and sadness with that, thinking about how, <laughs> how Vigil was and that how it's just gone. Just ruins and undead everywhere and just vile. Yeah. So You can tell it to the Whispering Tyrant when they get there. Yeah, I will. I will okay. say. Good. Good to know. Tar Baffon, I hope you're younger brother the shiftless bum that he is tarbafam messes up your world by leeching off you till the end of your days that's how i'm gonna <laughs> that's, get him. that's power cursing right there it's also very oddly specific i don't think it's oddly specific at all mm, okay <laughs> yeah they, they end up they're going through they they go through watches which yeah. I guess they don't trust. I mean, I, well, I they guess. haven't. They haven't since the beginning. I mean, they. Yeah. Utrid was right. Nick was right. They put up watches when they were in vigil. They were in an inn in vigil, right. which should have been totally fine. And they had watches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, it, of course, his brother climbed in the window. It's a smart so. thing to do. Right. <laughs> Interestingly enough, they were talking about Elksy and Elksy sleeping. Deer sleep laying down. And I checked that. That's deer and LL. Yeah, they curl their legs up underneath, right? Yep, yep. They're not like horses or elephants that can lock their legs. Right, because they, they, they get all cute and they lay down, and yep. that's where the people take all those pictures of the fawns in the meadows and stuff. Yeah, well, the fawns in the meadows are actually being still and trying to stay out of danger. So the, right. the people they're with still the cameras down, are though. marking them for the predators, so they're not really helping them. <laughs> right. Well, this got dark real quick. Hey, I'm just pointing <laughs> out the reality, man. That's all. Just to stick That's in reality. But uh, yeah, I'm surprised they, I know Alex says she goes out there on her own, but like you'd think they would have at least offered her the floor or like a pillow. Yeah, I, that I, I would have, I absolutely would have assumed she would have laid in there with, you know, near them just simply because there's safety there. Right. I mean, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like a good idea to go out into the stables, especially after, you know, 
the horse thing. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. It just it, it felt like an odd thing to go do, but uh, it it does give us an opportunity for a, an interesting conversation with Elksy and Utrid, which I like. He gets kind of deep in things that I guess don't get talked about much, which is whether or not summoned mounts pick it or if they're chosen for it or if they had a choice. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's gets pretty deep. It, I love the role player around it and and playing with oh yeah you know what actually happens there. I know uh, I was mentioning this before we started recording, but in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which was called first, it is you know considered the first edition, at least as we count it mm. now. The mounts had a choice. You know they had they had to choose to go along with it. They had to that had to make that decision. It's interesting that it's I. Th- think it's sort of been assumed that that hasn't changed the whole time but nobody's actually taken the time to write that down and make it part of the canon as they go forward which seems odd to me yeah because that seems like I something mean, you'd want in a wait, wait, hold on. characters hold, what hold do you on. got what do you you're got? telling me that paizo forgot to write something down i i'm not saying they forgot to write something <laughs> down i'm saying it hasn't been written down i don't think it's I, in three five i don't think they had it like three three five i don't think they had it down there that the mount yeah. had a choice and could choose to re- refuse don't know i mean presumably when you were paladin you were calling for your mount a mount was going to come one of the things you would do is you would try and get yourself next to something really cool that you wanted to be your mount and then you would call for your mount but you know they right. But you didn't, you didn't have any have control, any control who was going to answer that call, other than it was supposed to be a mount, something that you could ride into battle. Yeah. Um, so interesting. I, and like I said, it's, it's been yeah. really nice that they how they've been approaching it. Yeah, it's, I like it. It's it's been fun. It's been like I said, they got pretty deep into it because like apparently Elsie can't remember the times when she wasn't sentient yeah, or the I, mount. I, I kind of took that to be, at least the way I thought I heard Alex describing it, I kind of took that to be that her thoughts were organized and everything. She knew they were, you know, they were organized and there were thoughts, but she now could not really decipher them. So it, I translated that into that, you know, it was her just doing her thing as an animal and that as an animal doing those things, her thoughts weren't organized in a way that she could decipher now that she was sentient. So Makes um, sense. I was thinking, you know. I was thinking like maybe she had clear memories of things, but somehow they're organized just just completely differently. Maybe not chronologically, maybe, you know, something like whatever it is, something that is not typically the way we would consider uh, sentience to organize it. Right. So that could be. That makes the most sense that I've heard. Well, since you've heard exactly me. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. That's right. I'm the voice of all. I guess. Welcome. (laughs) <laughs> yes welcome to the the reasonable podcast yes that we decided this is completely to completely a reasonable podcast <laughs> we're all about the reason <laughs> okay um one of the things that comes up is elksy's talking about Arasni's motivations like can they really trust Arasni? right you know some of it is very clearly we don't really have much of a choice because who else is going to take on Tarbafon? right and you know most people didn't even believe he was out i mean they probably will right. now <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's undeniable now but the other thing is Erasni's tied into geb and obviously whoever runs geb mm-hmm. which is totally totally blanking on me here but you know that's Erasni's husband and gonna want her back because 
that's what he does. He wants his trophies back in their case. Right. But Elksy makes the comment that, you know, I think if she gets rid of Tarbaf on, I think she's going to, you know, take a break. She's going to take a breather. She's just going to step back. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, she's basically been forced to rule a country for a couple centuries. Right. Or longer. And got raised from the dead that she didn't want to in the first place. Yeah. So For fighting a war that she didn't want to do in the first place as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So just... Which I found really interesting and entertaining. I know we've we've talked about how the intros of each of the books and then some of the other pieces of information we've had with Arasni have come together and sort of, you know, woven this tale about Arasni. And uh, as I'm hearing this, I was, I, I personally, I, I agree with Elksy. I think if Arasni gets Tarbaf on stomped and can get clear of Geb, I, I think she's going to retire somewhere. I mean, for a while anyway. I mean, a century or two at least. Yeah. Just to stay, you know, out of it all. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess after that, you know, the groups make it to morning and the other group decides to leave. And obviously, Brillager goes with them, which, all right. I guess he just got tired of him or, or we made fun oh, of I'm him Oh, I'm sure much. we were the impact for Matt. I'm maybe, absolutely maybe. 100% sure that our, you know, right. being right on him. And he's like, oh, I was going to get away with so much, break so many rules and... God yeah. darn it. Lord Richter and Lady Toast are paying attention, and this is just going to bring down the podcast, so I'm going to have to <laughs> abandon my deviltry and go be an honest occultist now. <laughs> Alex may have wished crazy he monk, with, the, yeah. <laughs> with the other one after this. <laughs> well, I think I think oh, it was man. a uh I think it was a you know a mutual decision. Somehow the monk wasn't working quite right or something. Yeah. So probably. I mean, I think Alex is GM enough to uh, take on any player character type of situation. I mean, he already preloads the game in his advantage by limiting what you can use, what tools are at your disposal. True, but uh, I think he's going to have fun with the occultist. It can get a bit, uh, a bit crazy. I haven't played one yet. I, I've not. I was. <laughs> I, I've not been drawn to any of the uh, occult rituals. Is that the occult rituals? Uh, I think I've not been. Uh, drawn to anything in there i i am i am playing a psychic in one campaign i'm in but that's because at the start of it you're supposed to have memory loss and then you recover your memories uh-huh we were talking about how it'd be cool if we made each other's characters and then pass them around so like we knew what character we made oh because you couldn't you didn't know so you're trying to do stuff and someone right. goes nope you can't do that oh I can't do that. Yeah, we were, interesting we were thinking about because then you really wouldn't know and you'd really be exploring who you were, you know, because you'd be, oh, wait, I can do that. True. Right, good. Cool. So you might be trying crazy stuff. I'm going to cast a spell. No, you can't do that. Oh, OK, well, not a caster. Got <laughs> it. You know, a little bit. We thought that might be fun, but not everybody wanted to yeah, do that. That sounds fun. I can also see that it's definitely an out there kind of concept. Uh, yeah. So, well, the whole point was with everybody doing it, it would all be, you know, there'd be one person that knows your character intimately and then one, you know, you'd be trying to figure stuff out about them. So it wasn't right. the idea. It wasn't supposed to be a total disaster, but then the, the game master wouldn't be totally the person that had to know everything. What I did is I said, Hey, go ahead and make up my character for me and I'll just, just give me the, the stuff. And he was like, well, yeah. I'm going to do, I'll do your class and I'll do those kinds of, these kinds of picks, but then you have to pick these things. So race I had yeah. to do and some other stuff, whereas I was like, pick the race, pick everything, do what you want. So I ended up with a yeah. uh, psychic of the abomination and marauder persuasions. 
Interesting. Yeah. It's pretty much your vicious. I, okay. I, I Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and then my mind is completely, the, the, more, the higher level I get, the more indecipherable my mind is to other people. Interesting. So... And that has been fun. Playing that character has been fun, but I'm not, I, I am playing it in Strange Eons, which is the, like the Cthulhu AP. Yeah, it's definitely the, uh, the odd one out, I think. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's, it, it's horror, but like I said, it's the Cthulhu horror. So, you know, it's, there's a lot longer build to the, ew, and, you know, there's not a lot of, uh, it's like psychological horror. And whereas like, this is more, uh, jump scare. Yeah, that's no. that's kind of how that's kind of how I would do it. Yeah, that's that's a good great way to describe it. This is a you know. Yeah, but um, like I said, I've enjoyed that. I just none of the rest of the occultist stuff is really super appealed to me. Well, but, I mean, I have a player playing an occultist in my game, and I think the last thing they did in the last fight was to launch thirteen katanas with telekinesis into one of my enemies. <laughs> wow, telekinesis lets you get away with that crap. It you fling one object per level, and it specifically mentions weapons. Like, oh, like you can fling wow. daggers or or things. So they fought so many ninjas and whatnot that they've collected all these just basic non magical katanas, and he just right puts them in his backpack. He's got the strength for it, right? You, and so he he does tell he only does it you know once per fight because once they're impaled, he doesn't use them again. Right, right. And then, but yeah, it's, it's a, he just, he casts telekinesis as a standard action and he throws one object per level, which, uh, he's taken full advantage of. Yeah. That is so entertaining. It's fun. It's, it's fun. (laughs) What, what I find more entertaining about it is I way back and I'm trying to remember the name of the stupid game. Now there was a name about feudal Japan to, and making it, you know, doing it like a fantasy so it's it's feudal yeah. Japan, but you have the Oni, you have all the other, you know. You talking about an AP? Uh, no, not an AP, an actual game. Oh. I just can't remember the name of it. But mm. uh, it was very accurate weapon-wise. So the yeah. sword of the ninja is the ninja toe, if I remember correctly. So uh, as everyone beats me up in chat, you know, I did say, if I remember correctly. But <laughs> Pathfinder and, and D&D, for that matter pretty much haven't cared about the subtle differences that define, you know, say a katana from a, a ninja toe or a, and I think the ninja toe is actually straight as opposed to the katana, which has a gentle curve. So when you said, Oh yeah, he impaled them with katanas and he goes, we fought a bunch of ninjas. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> well, look, but that's okay. Look, that's okay. Pi- that's okay. I, wrote how, them. I know how Paisa did it. I know what they're doing. <laughs> I get it. I'm there. You got to remember this was this was back in the day, and you know some of the hyper accuracy from the guys doing the war games was still in the the RPGs heavy. Yeah, I just wish I could remember the name of that stupid game. But uh, I guess after that, the parties go their separate ways, and they take like a most of the day to travel down to these. I guess it was an old fort back in the Shining Crusade, and mostly held by the undead, and eventually it got torn down. So, like, they end up at this ruin and apparently just kind of sitting in the ruin, watching, apparently watching the undead move about is just an elf just kind of sitting there. <laughs> and Uhtred's like, um, what are you doing here? <laughs> and when the elf responds, oh, oh, good, you finally showed up. He's like, whoa, you've been waiting for us? <laughs> kind of thought, I guess, he was a, a trap, I guess. Well, it's one of Matt's PCs. I think it is a trap by definition. Just... You know, not usually <laughs> a uh, 
trap for his fellow PCs. Although it sounds like perhaps that is what's on the horizon. What is? Teoblith being a trap for his fellow PCs. Oh, I mean, I guess so. It's always weird if the PCs end up doing a uh, 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 betrayal. Well, I don't know so much if it's going to be a betrayal if, or if it's going to be, you know, surprise background stuff that, you know, sort of explodes indiscriminately all over the party. Okay. I mean, that, I mean, we just dealt with a dead character's background coming back yeah. to haunt them, so why, why not, not this one? one? <laughs> but, um... Yeah, after that, after they get a kind of an explanation that he, he's playing Toblith Green Strider, who is, in fact, an 11th level occultist. So good luck, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I think there'll be some definite pain in there. I, as listening through the fight, I apparently missed Toblith hammering the uh, tomb giant with his arrows. I wasn't paying total attention yeah, to the totals. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. So it wasn't just me. I missed that. I, I listened to it and then I heard the giant go down but i don't remember him shooting I with think arrows that he did i just i guess i wasn't totaling up the numbers in my head i don't know how i managed to do normally i i don't keep an exact count i but you know i'm like oh yeah, okay, yeah. that's a bunch of damage you know i'm kind of like oh 20 40 60 or whatever you know whatever it is i'm kind of sort of in the ballpark it feels like and this time i was like oh man that's a shit right. ton on him okay and uh this was like and you take him down. I'm like, what? One hit wonder on this thing? And it's like, oh, I shot him, you know, with both. My, and I was like, oh, oh, well, apparently I missed. Yeah, that. I missed that, too. OK, so I, I feel less dumb. I, you know, <laughs> I think it's just that the occultist was so good. He mind wiped us. So we didn't realize how awesome he was. Mm. You know, he probably did it to could everybody. Very, very kind well, of an AOE. Be. And that way the tomb, because remember, right. the tomb giant gets hit by our genus and out he comes, grabs a rock the size of a dog, not a chihuahua, mind you, but the size of Clifford, and pops <laughs> our genus. That's not really a dog at that point. That's like a truck or a boulder. It, it dog seems like a very bad comparison. Hey, I, you know, I believe the giant skill is called hurling boulders. I mean, it used to be anyway. Yeah, I, I think it's throwing rocks. Oh, rock is it throwing. now? They downsized it. That's so depressing. <laughs> yeah i think it's rock throwing uh, yeah so he pops our genus but then you know doesn't go after the archer that's apparently slaughtering him so uh, uh, i don't know like i said i i, f I feel like i missed it yeah i definitely did i i mean i don't recall missing anything as i was listening there wasn't like i was having some kind of conversation over it but apparently i went yeah. right by me so yeah well i'll go back and re-listen but i don't remember that one at all Anyway, with that one down, the fight's pretty well, much it over. It is. It is. The fight's pretty and, uh, much over. Although uh, I I did like um, Randolph and the fact that the Tomb Giant comes out. Now, I have I, a couple things here. Tomb Giant comes out with a large scythe. Okay. And Randolph's like, oh, right. I see you have a large scythe. I have a large scythe, too. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then uh, the other thing is his comment is finally. He comes out and he's all, finally. And I'm like, finally, what the hell? I was surprised none of the guys, yeah, you know, I, uh, uh, focused on that. I mean, I the lead up to it, I was, you know, okay, there's like a di an archaeological dig there, so they're looking for stuff. Not quite sure what, right? But I'm like, what the hell are they digging for? I mean, I mean, maybe Tobin is doing what he does best. Which is well, no, no, the the uh, zombies. Although he's not the one. Yeah, I know he's he's not and, the and one. And I realize the zombies aren't specifically. Maybe he just, he's just got a nose for, for it. Right? They're zombies. They're 
you know, mindless, you tell them to do it and they do it till the, and you know, and, and Alex even said some of them were basically, you know, had ground themselves up trying to dig through this till they were basically useless. And, uh, right. So I'm like, okay, but still I'm like, man, what the hell would they be, you know, are they looking for? But his, the tomb giants finally with a smile and I'm like, ah, Oh, that doesn't no. seem good. And I'm sure, and, we'll... you know, Uhtred goes back and use his bull, uses his bullshit spells, frostbite again. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all I have to say is, boom goes the tomb giant. Pretty much. Because uh, he delivered the smackdown on that sucker. And then we get a, uh, a a different kind of like cliffhanger than we normally get. More, normally when we get a cliffhanger, it's uh, it's a, in the middle of a fight and it's a big attack. Or, you know, if they're doing role play, it's kind of a, a big reveal about the plot. But this time it's it's more of a Bushido. That was the name of the game, Bushido. <laughs> Sorry, found it. I did. No, you're good. I did. Sorry, I I totally hacked up your thing there. Went a dark. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. This time it's it's more of a oh Uhtred detects magic and um, Tobleth is lighting up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> and not and not like right. one you put in your house. This is like, you know, the one they put in front of the Rockefeller Center kind of trees. <laughs> right, right. So I was like, what in the hell is up with that? But that, I thought that was a neat yeah. one because I'm, I'm sure that's going to be uh, easily explained away in the short term. Oh, sure, sure. But if, if I had to guess, it's probably his main occult item, the thing that lets him do his, his powers. There's They have to be like, pretty magical and have some pretty big significance if i'm remembering my occult building but uh i don't know we'll see next week i assume so i don't know yeah we'll we'll definitely find well hopefully we'll find out next week true so following last week's advice for randolph and his healing hands i realized something what was that i realized that he needs since he's coming up on 12th level that'll be his the next level that they get because they're 11th now right See, I'm keeping track of things. He needs to put his stat boost, his plus two, into his intelligence. Thereby giving him a plus one int? A plus one int, yes. Which means when he goes for level 12 to get his skill points, he'll get four plus one. So five skill points for level 12. Right. But also, he'll get plus one skill point for ever, for the previous 11 levels. Which means he'll have 11 ranks to spend, which he can then sink into his healing and max that out. Right. I mean, if he's got... Because he's already got five. three ranks in it. Yeah, I think three ranks in it. I think that's what we had determined. I can take a quick peek here because I made sure I still had access to those parts of his character sheet. <laughs> so his heal is currently a 10 and he has three ranks. Yeah. So he'd need... He'd need nine. Nine, which gives him two which extra he could throw into um, Knowledge Planes. Into the Knowledge Planes, which then give him an extra time per day mm-hmm. and some extra points that he'll do and take his heal up to uh 12 which would make it actually a 19 because he'll have 12 ranks and he's plus 10 now and then if he follows my advice and uses the feet to get the skill focus for healing then he'll be at a 25 which isn't quite enough to really hammer it but i mean it gives him what a 25 percent chance of failure yeah i think so no Yes. Yes, it does. 20%. Because if he rolls a 5, it gives him 30. 25, he gets a 30. Yeah, so it's it's a little less than that. 20%. You're right. Yeah. So he gets a, but a still. 4 out of 5 chance to get his the full benefits, which isn't bad. Right. And the thing is, is even if he doesn't make the plus 10, he's always making his plus 5. 
Right. Because he just needs to hit 25, which he's already got in the bag with his 19 plus the six from that skill focus and the fact that he has 10 ranks. So that's why it jumps from a plus three to plus six. But Yeah. So hopefully he does that and he can keep using a, a pretty good combination of skills, I think. Yeah. No, I, I that is a neat combo I think he'll get a lot of miles out of. I think the the healing is the one thing in this AP that has been hard to uh, come by. Short, yeah. And then having it now with healing hands, so he can do so many of these, and then uh, on top of the spells he can do, and yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a huge, a... huge improvement for them going in. Because I, I honestly expect the undead to get worse. What? No, say yeah. it ain't so. Say it ain't so. <laughs> I mean, they've been bad now, and they've been dealing a lot of damage, and I know the obols are reducing the damage because they give them some kind of resistance to, uh, you know, I think it's just sources or something. I think it's just negative energy, because it doesn't stop them from getting physically hit, and it doesn't save them from getting hit when they get hit with spells, I don't think. I think it's strictly a negative energy shield, or it absorbs a certain amount. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it seems like it's DR when it comes into play strong. Like when they've got whatever's tearing on them and hitting them, it seems like, oh, no big deal. Yeah, and maybe um, it takes off like 10 or so, or maybe it levels with them. I don't know. I have no idea. But it's been good. Yeah. It's been good. But the thing is, it's they've still been getting worn down. So I think having the more ability to heal up, even, even if they're smaller amounts and not as big at once. Although... You know, with the healing hands, that's going to be a pretty consistent uh, 20, amount 20 of damage. Something. Yeah. Yeah. With that plus four whiz mod and uh, 12 levels, that's 16 points. And if he can pull off the other to add his not ranks and knowledge planes, you know, you're talking 20 plus per time he uses it. I mean, that's that kicks a living crap out of, you know, healing potion and stuff like that. Yeah. So. And, you know, that also saves healing potions for, you know, an emergency or some other. Exactly. Some other such thing. Exactly. Uh, I'm. I gotta tell you though, I'm man. I'm wondering if there's some neat, uh, some neat twist coming ahead for us. I mean, I don't know what book it would be in. I don't know how far ahead away. You know, I, I'm thinking there's room for several. But um, oh yeah, I'm really. I'm. I'm kind of feeling like we're setting up for something here, and I just. I can't quite put my finger on it. And I wish I could remember that great thought that I had, that then just evaporated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I. I think it's just the. Uh, the fact that I'm uh, getting old getting old oh and speaking of getting old i was watching season eight of death in paradise which is a great british comedy and they have a young lead for this tv show which is you know in the show and uh she gets killed and then this older lady wants to take that spot and be the host and uh she goes yeah you know when you're 38 you're just past your prime <laughs> I just, I didn't know how prophetic and enlightened Alex was with those words. No, no. Don't, don't give him that. Time. No, don't give him I, that. What? I, somebody else said this. I'm not saying this. I want to fight this tooth and nail. But frankly, society is backing Alex up on this. Nope, nope. I'm cutting you out. There's nothing I can do. Cut his mic. <laughs> and that does it for us this week. You can find us and the players on the Inspired Incompetence Discord. Links can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. See you next week. Bye. Bye.
By the way, just for the record, between you and me. You, me, and the audience? Well, yeah, but you're going to cut this out. Come on. You're not going to let me say twice. You're not going to put that in. You're not. I know you. <laughs> See, now I want to do it just out of spite. But I love no, it. I I'm, I'm all for it.